We're on the bottom of Membezo Membez, continuing in the halachas of the Meshuach Mochamo. So it says, Va'atem Iatem Kain, and the Mishnah explained that Klai Yisrael is different when they go to war because Klai Yisrael, it says, Hashem Ki Hashem Alekechem Ahoyleich Imochem. So it says the Gemara, Kol Kachlama. What does it mean? And the Rashi explains the Kasher. The Gemara is, What does it mean? Hashem Alekechem Ahoyleich Imochem. What does it mean? He's going. Hashem Alekechem Imochem. Hashem is with us. What does it mean? Ahoyleich Imochem. Mipneish Hashem V'Chol Kinuya of Munachim Ba'arn. So two things we see in this Gemara. First of all, the Aaron Abris went with Klai Yisrael to war. The whole discussion, various different Gemaras, which Aaron we're talking about. If there was two Aaronists, one had the, the main Luchais, one had the Shivrei Luchais. It's all separate discussion of, of whether there was and how, how that went. But assuming this Gemara is assuming the Aaron went with them, the Gemara is also saying over here that there was either... We're talking here about the Shemus of Hashem that are on the Luchas themselves, or some of our say we're actually talking there was some sort of petek, some sort of cloth that actually had all the Shemus of Hashem written down, and that was also in the Aron HaKadosh, which we never actually talked about there being anywhere else in Shas. It seems to be there's some sort of thing in there that's Munachim Ba'aron, and that's what means Hashem Al-Kechem Ho'olechimochem, talking about the physical Aron that went with them to war. Mechein Weimer, the Pasuk says, when they went to war with Midjan, Lots of all. They had a thousand people for each, for each of the shvatim toward the army. Oisam ves pinchas. So what does it mean? Oisam ves pinchas. So oisam the Gemara Darshan. That's the Sanhedrin. Elo Sanhedrin. And pinchas the Meshuach Mohammed. This is very interesting. That that's called the Meshuach Mohammed at this stage. We're not in Eretz Yisrael yet, uh, but we are doing a Mohammed's mitzvah at this point in time. This is when they're conquering Eretz the other side, the eastern side of the Yarden. So the Chari, this would have been called a Mohammed's mitzvah, and we'll talk later on in the sugya tomorrow. Whether this whole din of Meshach Muhammad in terms of the din of people going back from war does not really apply in a situation of Muhammad's mitzvah. Therefore, it's a little bit interesting that Pinchas over here is called a Meshach Muhammad. But it says he went with him also with Klei HaKodesh. The Pazik says, HaKodesh So Klei HaKodesh says the Bryce is referring to Zel Arn Valuchishabai. That's the Arn of the Luchas that they took with them to fight that war. So that's where we see that Hashem Alekechem Hoileich Imochem. Of course, the to bring shafers when you go to war. Tana, the Brysis has a slightly different twist on this idea of Pinchas. It wasn't just Stam that he went. Now we just said, according to the first Brysis, that he was the Meshach Muhammad. So he's the Meshach Muhammad, that's his job, is to, is to, to, to prepare for the battle. So some of Hashem say, this Brysis is actually arguing on the previous Brysis. This Brysis holds Pinchas was not necessarily the Meshach Muhammad, but he went anyways. Other Hashem say, the Deek over here is from the word Halach. Meshach Muhammad doesn't necessarily have to go to the war. He just has to prepare them for the war. Lavdafka, we ever see that he actually goes into battle. But Pinchas, we know, went into battle over there. So what's the pshat? So the Gemara says a nice pshat. Eli para din avi imoy. This was, he was taking revenge. He very much wanted to fight this battle against the Mijanim because to take revenge for his, his Eltezeid. The Midanim, which we're saying now is the same as the Mijanim, they sold Yosef to Mitzrayim. And Pinchas, we're assuming here, this is what I was going to say in a second, came from Yosef. Obviously, it's a coin. But it came from Yosef, and therefore, he wanted to go back and, and have the comma for the Alta Zeda. Where do we see Pinchas comes from Yosef? We know Pinchas has been a Lazar ben Aaron coin. And it says, He married someone who's Benais Putiel. Who's Putiel? And normally we say Putiel is the name. My love, Dasim Yisrael. Yisrael was called Putiel. He was called Putiel. Sort of a derogatory name. right? That he was, the, he was famous Yisrael. Who, made, who did Avodah Zarah. 
Now he doesn't anymore, but he did in the past, and therefore he was nicknamed Putiel for whatever reason. And Lachar, therefore, Elazar married Putiel, and therefore Pinchas's mother was from Putiel, and his father was a Kayan. So what's this idea over here that he's from Yosef? So below, maybe when it says Elazar married someone from Putiel, it meant Mi Yosef Shepitbeit Yitzray. Another way of saying the nickname Putiel has nothing to do with Yisrael, it has to do with Yosef, that he was Pitpeit Yitzray. Rashi says Pitpeit means Zilzel Vekavashasoy, that he, was, he just didn't care about his Yitzray. Obviously, we, we had all the stories that he was about to be Nechshal, and he was Kavashas Yitzray, and that's what the word Pitpeit means. So it's referring to Yosef. So that can't be true. Bahaloi, one of the Midrashim say, Shvatim Mivazan said, the Shvatim, when Pinchas went ahead and killed the Nasib Yisrael, the, the, the Shvatim said to Pinchas, What are you doing? Reason Ben Putin. Do we see this Ben Puti? That's referring to Pinchas. Ben Shapitem of Yimoyagoma of His Elta Zayda, Yisroi, was an Oyman of Zara, and he's Yarig Nasim Yisrael. And that was what the Shvatim said. So you see clearly from this second Medrash that when it says Putiel, it was referring to Yisroi, not referring to Yosef. So what's this idea of Pinchas and Yosef? Says, well, no. Both of them could be accurate. El avua de imam Yosef, if his grandfather from his mother's side is from Yosef, emad imam Yisra, his grandmother was from Yisra. Or the opposite. Yosef, But either way, he was a combination of two putiels, actually. And the Lord says, putiel, Rashi says, and not putel, it has the extra yud, is tre mashma. So he was actually from, both his grandfather and his grandmother were from Yichus that was called putiel, or putel. One was from Yosef that was pitpet, and one was from Yisrael that was mefateh dvarim lavadizara, and therefore he was called double puti. Shmami know that Enechanami Pinchas came from both of them, and therefore when he went to fight the Mijanim, this was some sort of family revenge that he was taking uh, his the Altezeda Yosef. Back to the Mishnah. The Mishnah says, going through now, what exactly the Meshach Mochama and the Shaitrim say. So we said this actually, as we mentioned yesterday in the Gemara, there's two stages. The first stage, before they actually go to the war, they announce that anybody who is not going to be able to do the battle because they are people who, as we'll see, Banabayas Chadash, etc., those people, they stay back and they work, and as we'll see in the Mishnah, and then there's a second time where they tell people, anybody who's afraid, you shouldn't be afraid, and if you are afraid, you can't fight, etc., we'll go through the Pesukim in a second. So the first thing it says is, So there's going to be different stages in this conversation, some things the Kayin Meshach Mocham is saying, and some things the Shaitrim are saying, we'll have to see in the Gemara who says what. The Mishnah says, the part the Pasuk says, the first one is, who is the one who built a new house and he did not have a chance to live in it yet so he should go back to his house and uh, and we don't want him to lose the opportunity maybe he won't be paying attention properly when he's fighting the war etc and therefore we don't want him to, 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 to go to war so the Gemara Dashans, who, Mishnah Dashans, who is this referring to? Echad whether you built a new house, whether you built a house, I'm sorry, or Beis HaTeven, Beis HaBokar, Beis HaEitzim, Beis HaEitzim, doesn't have to be a house you live in. It could be a, a, an extension to the house that you store stuff in, that also is included in building a new house. How do we know this? The Gemara will explain. And, whether you built a house, or whether you just bought a new house, so it's not really physically new, it's new to you, that also counts as new. Even if you just got it as a present, you didn't even pay for it, all those cases, if someone has a house that did not yet live in, they are part of this first group of people who are Chazim and Chorim and Muhammad. Pasik then continues. Someone who planted a 
Kerem, and he did not chilul, that means he did not live, he did not already live in the field, and worked the field for four years, right, the first three years are Orla, and then the fourth year is what we call Kerem Ravai, or Netar Ravai, and that's where you have to be mechalal it, and normally be paid it, and bring it to Yushalayim, so if you were loy chilul, you didn't let, live in it till the fourth year, so says the Gemara, Mishnah, doesn't have to be Dafka Kerem, whether it's a Kerem, if you have any five edible tree fruit trees, that would count to specifically five. As Rashi says, that fun uh, little drawing we have in Rashi over here, because that's what's called a karen. To be at least a karen, you need to have five trees, four like in a square, and one of them, what we call of on the outside. Even if it's not exactly fruit trees at all, even if it's just uh, some sort of chameshus minim, it could be any of them, that would also count as something that if you plant and you don't have a chance to eat it properly, uh, it's not clear exactly what chameshus minim means, because obviously there's no orla by chameshus minim, by, by wheat and barley, there's no orla over there, but we are saying it could be anything which grows crops, and whether you're planting it, or you are creating a runner. A runner is normally when you have vines, so you could take a piece of it and like put it back into the ground. That makes it grow more and come back out of the ground. markiv. If you're doing our cover, which is you're grafting old trees onto new trees, we'll see more about that in our base. And again, it doesn't make a difference whether you planted it or you bought it, and it, you had not yet lived there yet. Or whether you got a pirusha. If you just got it as a present, all these things again, it's new to you. That also counts if you didn't have a chance to live in this field. The Pasik says, someone who married a woman Be'erisin, but did not yet do Nisuin. The Pasik says, So the Mishnah here also explains, It doesn't make a difference who he's marrying, whether he's marrying a B'sula, a woman who is already married, even if he just has not yet completed Yibum to his sister-in-law, even if he went to war and he was not engaged, and then he heard his brother died, so now he's zakuk to Yibum, he leaves the war in the middle, and goes back home to deal with Yibum. All these people that we talked about, that built a house but did not yet live in it properly, or has a field but did not yet work it, or it was engaged, or heiress into an issue but did not do any suin, they go to the edge of the battlefield, or to the edge of of Eretz Yisrael, where they're going out to war, they hear what the Kayin and the Shaitrim say, then V'chayzim, then they go back, and they say, okay, we're put, and they leave, their job now is to provide food, logistics, fix the roads, their job is to provide logistics, but they still are involved with the war, but they're not actually in the battle. The Elu however, the next group of people, even though they've built something, or they're somewhat have these issues, they still do go fully to war. And they are. Someone just builds a little portico to his house or a hallway or builds a merpeset, some kind of porch. So he's not really building a house. It's not really a living area. It's not even a storage area. Those people have to go to war. Someone just planted four trees. Or he planted five trees, but they are not fruit-bearing trees. They are trees that are just for noy, trees that just uh, look nice, but they don't actually give fruit. Or, in the case of the, of the marriage, or if someone was married, divorced his wife, now he wants to take her back, 
So that's not new to you. It's not new to you in any sense of the word. And therefore, in that case, you're still going to have to go to war. Or if it's a marriage be'iser, all these people are married be'iser. Rashi says, the Gemara doesn't bring it here, but Rashi says there's a medrash that says the drush is, it says, it doesn't say it says that has to be someone who's mutter for him to marry, not someone who's also for him to marry. So all these people, all these people went to war. If someone built a house, but he was just refurbishing his existing house, so he already had a house, they knocked down the house, they left the left the, the, the foundations in place, and he just built on the existing foundations, that's not considered a new house, says Rabbi Yehuda, and then you would, you would still have to go to war. There's a place called Sharon, where Rashi says they were not able to, the ground was soft apparently, and the houses were basically temporary, like caravan type of houses, where you would build it, and it would fall down every few years, and you'd have to rebuild it again. So also, that also is not considered a permanent house to make someone putter from going to war. So that's the second category of people who built something or married something, but they still have to go to war. Then we have a third category, which is not so well known. However, the following people do not even go to hear the Kayan and the Shachim speaking. They are putter and they could stay home to begin with. They don't have to even go to hear any of the discussions. They are bona bias for If someone built a house and he's started living in it, but he has not lived in it for a full year. So that is actually worse, or better, depending on your perspective, of the first people. The first person who built the house had not had a chance to live in it at all. So they're putter from war, but they have to be involved with the logistics. But once you started living in the house and you haven't had a chance to live there for a full year yet, what we call Shana Rishayna, then you're putter legamri, you don't even have to do the logistics, nothing. Or not the Karen Bechiloi. You're already in the fourth year, but you did not finish the fourth year. Or Nazar if someone married, uh, did already Nisuin, but he's in Shana Rishayna. Or Karen if they even have Shana Rishayna by Yibum, all these people. Shanemar, the Pasik says, and this is a different Pasik. The Pasik says in Dvarm Chavdalad, Kiyikach Isha, Ish Isha, Chadasha, Lo Yeitzebat Zava, at all. Velo Yavar Lo Vechol Davar, Noki Yeh Lebeisei Shana Achas, Vesimech Esishta Eshelokach. So it's a different Parsha. There's a Parsha in Dine Shalom Bayis almost. And we'll see what we're going to learn out from here that applies to these other situations as well. That he is totally potter from doing war. And we darshan. That's when you build a house. Yeah, that's when you have a karam, then you did not finish the fourth year. It's referring to the case where he's married and he already did this to him, but he has Shana Rishayna. And these people, they're not involved in logistics. Not even Jobnikim. They're totally putter. Once you're already involved in these activities, you're totally, absolutely putter from going to war. That's the Mishnah. So now who is speaking over here? Remember, we have two different groups of people that we have in the passage are talking. We have over here the Kayan Meshach Mocham is talking, and we have the Shaitim talking. Who's saying what? So says the Gemara, Tanabon, Vidibra Shaitim, the Pasik says, that's how we started the Mishnah. The Shaitim are speaking. Yachod Vam Shalatzma. Does that mean that they're saying it by themselves? They're the ones who are doing the speaking? Kishuaimer, the next Pasik says, let's read the Pasik side carefully. Pasik says, land, so the Vinigasha Kayan, Vidibra Lam, the Kayan should speak. I'm reading it inside the Pasik, Pasik base, if you're following along. The Kayan comes close, land, the Kayan speaks. And the Kayan says, if you're afraid, don't worry about it, the Shun's going to take care of you, fine. 
Pasuk's hey says, V'dibru ha-shoytrim elam. Now the shoytrim say something, and it says, Mi'eshashabana ba'yishchadosh, etc. Then, if you go down to Pasuk Ches, it says, V'yosfu ha-shoytrim l'dabrem. Now the shoytrim continue and say something more. They add on, and they say, V'ramu mi'eshashayari v'achleva v'yalach yashabibesa. If you're afraid, you should go back. So there seems to be a difference between V'dibru ha-shoytrim and V'yosfu ha-shoytrim. What's the difference these two things? It says the Mokish Ramah, V'yasra Shreitrim, Haydram Shalatzman. When it says V'yasra Shreitrim, that means that the Shreitrim are saying something by themselves. So V'dibru does not mean by themselves. Rather, Hamarmani Makai V'dibru Shreitrim, V'dibri Meshuach Mochama Kosum Medaber. That's actually repeating what the Meshuach Mochama said. Hokate said, Koyen Medaber, the Koyen says these things of Mi'esha Banabai Yishchadosh, etc. V'shoiter Mashmiya. And then the Shoichim say it over loud and they explain it, etc. Again, this halacha that we said that has to be Belash and Kodesh, that halacha is only on the Meshach Mochama, not on the Shoichim. We don't see that on the Shoichim. The Meshach Mochama, he has to say the Pesukim in Hebrew. And then the Shoichim seemingly would explain it in whatever language or might be more details or answer kashas or whatever it is. Tani Chada, the Bryce explains it in a little, little finer. Tani Chada, Koyin Medaber Meshach Mashmiya. One Bryce says, the Kayin Meshavachama speaks, and the Shoichim say it over. Tanidak, another Bryce says, Kayin Medaber Vekayin Mashmiya. Then, no, the Kayin says it, and then the Kayin says it loud to make sure everybody can hear. It's not serious, it's the same Kayin. It sounds like it's the same Mashmia. And we have a third Bryce which says, no, 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 there's no Kayin involved, it's only the Shoichim. What's going on? So, Rabbi Abai says, let me split up the Psukim for you. Okay, it's not. Mi Venigash, when it says Venigash Akoyin, Vi Ad Vidibroi, until it says Vidibro Ashaychim, Koyin Medabra Bakayim Ashmiya. So, the first set of Psukim, which would be which would be over here, Pasig Gimel and Pasig Dalid, that would be said only by the Koyin. Mi Vidibroi from Pasig Dalid, from Pasig Hey, Vidibro Ashaychim, Ad Vyosru, until Pasig Ches, so Hey, Vav, and Zion. The Kayin says that first, and then Vidibra Shaitim, the Shaitim repeat it and explain it. From Pasuk Ches and on, that Shaitim Medaber, Vashaitim Ashmiya, that's only the words of the Shaitim. What's interesting here is, as we explained yesterday, Rashi, this does all, not all happen at one moment. We said, and when they're by the edge of the, of the, of the border, that's when we tell people, well, if you're going to do working in logistics. So actually, Pasuk, Hey, Vav, and Zion, which is the Kayin talking and the Shaitan repeating, that was said by the border. Then when they actually get to war, that's when you go back and say the Kayin says his piece, and then Pasuk Ches and Pasuk Tes, or Pasuk Ches at least, the, the Shaitan say their part. So it seems to be, according to Rashi, it's very much split up here, the order of things, and when people said what. The Ramam has a different version of this, which makes it a little more cleaner in terms of reading the Pesukim, but this is why Rashi seems to explain it. Continues the Gemara, Mia Yisha Sherbona Bayez Chodesh. Tanarabona, the Mishnah said, not if you build a house. If you buy a house, if you, uh, if you yarish a house, if you get up a matana, how do you know that? Miho Ish. Ish says, it didn't the person. As long as it's new to you, that's all I care about. Okay. Asher bona bias. Enli ala bias. So that's only if you built an actual house to live in. Minai l'rabis beis ha-teven, beis ha-bakar, beis ha-etzim, beis ha-etzim, even if it's a house that you don't actually live in, storage, etc. Tarmeloimer asher bona. It could have just said, Rashi says, bana, it could have just said, bana first. It says, asher bana is an extra reboy, even if it's something you, you did not build to live in, even if it's a base answer, you're going to be bought there as well. 
Yaakov Shani Marba Afa Baina Beisharach Sajimar Pesit. So there may be any type of building, even if it's not something livable at all, you should be potter. Tamalamar Bais. Lamais, the Pussy says Bais, I share Bona Bais. And therefore Bais says, My Bais, Haroy Ledira, Afkola Roy Ledira. It has to be something that's at least related to living. Either you actually live in it, or it's at least storage space for something to live in it. Not just a merpesa where you go outside to, you know, to relax a little bit. That's not called living space. Yublaz ben Yaakov argues on everything we just said. I mean, this is brought in the Bryce and not in the Mishnah. Amar bayis kimashmo. No. House means a house. Storage spaces, beisateven, beisaitzer, beisabakar, are not houses. Therefore, according to Yublaz ben Yaakov, we take the Pusik literally, and therefore only if you build a house to live in, not, or he seems to be asked for, even if you're Yerushit, that's true as well, but the physical building has to be a living space, not a storage space. The Bryce then continues, it says, Veloi chanchoi. Could have just said Veloi Chanach or Lechanach Isoi. What's Veloi Chanchoi? Prat Legazlin. A new halacha that if you steal a house, that doesn't count. So if you throw the guy out of the house and you chase him out of the, in the neighborhood and you move into a stolen house as a squatter, then you are not putter from going to war. So well, of course you're not putter from going to war. We are going to have the sheet of Yerusha Glili. The Yerusha Glili, Amar Varach Halevav Zamesiare Meaverish Shabiyade. Yerusha Glili says that that which the Pesach says Yare Varach Levav does not mean you're afraid of the war. That means you're afraid of Averis that you did. So according to Yerusha Glili, anybody who did any Avera is putter from going to war. So why would we need a special Pesach to tell me a Gazlan who steals a house is, is not does not have this patur and he has to go to war? The Chari is a Gazlan. And if he's a Gazlan, according to Yerushalayim Khalili, he's over an Aver. If you have an Aver, of course, you're not going to war anyway. So forget the fact that you stole. Together? Sorry? How do you ever put an army together? Because everybody commits a sin. This, this is going to be a problem, right? Yeah. People, you know, used to have draft dodgers. Now everyone's, you know, eating a little bit of Chazer so they can not go to war. I don't know, but... Chaz <laughs> Vashol. But uh, whatever. It's a Muhammad. We're talking over here about Muhammad. Muhammad, you go what you have to go. Not everybody ran to get away from the army all in those days. Afil Tamir Abyasek Lili, the Ovad Chuva. We're talking about after we stole it, he did Chuva. Wait a second, if he did Chuva, why does he have the house still? So the Mar says, Yav Dmei. The Maisa, he didn't give the person back the house. He, the person agreed to take money for the house. Oh, so now you don't have the Aver anymore. Once you did Chuva, in terms of the Aver, you're still part of the war. But you have this house you didn't finish living in yet. So, so what is that? If you paid for it, so you have a dinner like Kech. If you're like Kech, you are putter from going to war. So we're going to make it. That's the Xeris HaKosov. The Xeris HaKosov is that, no, even though right now you paid for it and you are somewhat like the Kech, since the you got to it from stealing, therefore the Torah says you are not going to be putter from going to war. If you don't want to go to war, just don't do tshuva. And then you can get out of the war from basically this perspective. The next one is, Mia Isha Shenata Kerem. Tarabon. If you planted, took actual seeds or whatever it is, and planted in the ground. What if it's new to you, so you did not actually do the work, but you bought it or you got it from from the Yerusha? Again, it says, Mio Ish. So Mio Ish means it's a din in the person. If it's new to you, fine. Only if it's an actual vineyard. Any type of meaning, any other meaning. So you notice the gears in here in this price is shar meaning. The gears that we had in our mission is chameshas meaning. It could be that, that the mission is supposed to say shar meaning also, and not necessarily chameshas meaning, because again, chameshas meaning don't have all these halachas. But either way, Says the Gemara, Asher means anything. 
So maybe even a couple trees, or even not fruit trees. It has to be like a kerem, and therefore a kerem has a certain minimal configuration of at least five. First of all, it has to give fruit, and it has to be at least five. That's always the halacha we have in all hilchas kilayim, and all hilchas arlo, we'll see in the Quran in a minute. That you have to have five trees, and therefore minimum is the five. Okay. Just like Rebbe Yaakov took Beisoy, Literally, to mean Beisoy and not Beisoy, it's a Beisatevin. He says the same over here. Kerem is Kemashmo. Kerem means a Kerem. And therefore, if you have apple trees, you're not Potter. It's only going to be if you have Kerem vineyards. That's the only thing you're going to be Potter. The Pasuk says, Viloi Chaloloi. Now, it's spelled Ches Lamad Lamad Vav. So, it could have just said Loi Chilel. It says Loi Chililoi. So, Prat says this price, or Lamavrich, or Lamarkiv. This price says, if you don't plant it, even if you don't get it from Atala, but you just do running, which means you put a piece of it back into the ground, or you grafting two trees together, you're going to be chayev to go to war. So what do you mean? Voran Tanan, the Mishnah Befeir said, Grafting and running is also considered new. So it's a steer between the Mishnah and the Brisa. So Mara's going to give a few answers here. Amr B'Zerim of Chista, his first answer is, like Kasha, Kan Barakovas Isser, Kan Barakovas Heter. This answer apparently does not answer the question from mavrich, from running. From if you take a piece of a vineyard and you plant it back in the ground, we seem to have a steer in the mission, is that potter or not? This answer does not deal with that. This answer deals with grafting. Okay, when you're market, when you're market means you take, if you've ever seen it, you take an existing tree that might be older and stronger, and you take another branch from another smaller tree, maybe it has a different flavor, maybe it has a different kind of fruit, and you actually cut a hole in the tree, you could have glue it on, you tape it together, and miraculously it all grows together, and you get these weird kind of fruits sometimes, you know, crosses between different kinds of, of branches and stuff like that. That's the whole problem we have with, with Esraigim, that they graft different trees onto them to make them grow better and cleaner, etc. So, is this mutter or usher to do? Okay? <laughs> so let's see. So the Gemara says, so it depends. So what does that cover set? It means it's all the same min. It's all the same min. You have two, you have a lemon tree that's already good, and you have a, we want to put on another branch. Now, besides the Isser Klayim Shaboy, the other problem you have over here is you have to deal with Arla issues. What if the branch came from a tree that was Arla, and the, the trunk that you're attaching it to is not Arla, or the opposite? What if the trunk you're attaching it to is Arla, but the branch you're taking is from a non-Arla tree? How do you, what is the halacha now with the fruits that come out of this thing? Says the Gemara, so kamba kavas iser, kamba kavas heter. If you did not kavas iser, then in a chalami, you're not going to be potter from going to war. But if you did not kavas heter, then you would, it's considered a, a new tree and you're potter. So what's the case? They're both arla. So you have a tree that's growing that's arla, and you attach to it another branch that's also arla. So typically, so forget the new branch that you put on. You're putter from going to war because of the, tr- the, the trunk of the tree that's still Arla as well. Right? You only need one set of trees. So you have a set of trees that are Arla. You go and now attach a new branch. Who cares about the new branch? You're putter anyways from going to war because of the existing tree that's standing there. It says the Gemara, El Yalda Must be we're talking about where the tree itself was an older tree, older than Arla, and therefore you had that for that tree, you're not going to be putter. You attach to it a young branch. And now the Gemara is telling you, the Mishnah is telling you, if you attach this new branch to it, since this new branch is not yet finished with Arla, you're punted from going to war. So the Gemara is not true. If you take a new branch and you attach it to an old tree, the 
the tr- you go bust of the trunk. And if the trunk, the core tree, was already off after Arla, that new branch just lo- loses its Arla halacha. And if it loses its Arla halacha, it should not make you putter from going to war. So what's the case of Harkova? We're talking about where it's two young trees. But, the first tree that you planted, the core tree, the, brand, the, the trunk tree, was not planted for fruit purposes. You had a fence that fell down, and instead of fixing up the fence, you planted a tree there. And you planted the tree, if you plant a tree, if you plant it for wood, or just to block up a space, putter mina oila. That's an amazing halacha. So if you have a tree that you planted not for eating purposes, and it happens to grow a fruit or two, there's no din oil on that. And therefore, you planted this tree not for fruit purposes. Now you go ahead and you attach a branch onto it for fruit purposes. So now you're going to have a din oil now. And now you're going to be punted from going to war. The first tree you planted just to block up a fence, that's not going to make you punted from war because that's not considered a fruit tree. But the branch that you attach to it now is considered an olive branch and that would make you talk a putter from war. So, but why? We said if the trunk itself is an older tree and you attach a branch to it, the butler, we said, the small branch, the young branch becomes butler to the core of the, of the trunk. And there's no dinarla. So here also, if the core tree itself is putta from Arla because it's not made for fruit, why when you attach a branch to it, does that branch become chayv and Arla? It should be bottled to the core tree, which is not chayv and Arla. I'll tell you why. By the older tree, right, even though it's not giving fruit maybe anymore, whatever it is, once Arla is finished, once three years are over, three years are over. And that's all they talk about. Hacha, the tree you planted to stop up a hole in the gap in the fence. If you now decide you want to use it for fruit, bas mahadrihi. And therefore it now becomes chayven arla. Okay, then you don't start counting now. You start counting from when you planted it, lechayra. But lamaisa, it still now acquires a din arla. The same thing would be if you have a tree that's just hefker. tree that's hefker, you do not plant at all. So if you didn't plant it at all, there's no din arla necessarily. But when you decide you want to start eating it, and now you're eating it. Now there is a din arla on it, and you have to keep arla. So the same halacha over here. When you attach this branch to the tree that was made for a fence, so maybe the rest of the tree still has no din arla, but this branch clearly you are attaching for eating purposes. So it's like as if you changed your mind on that tree and made it for eating purposes, and therefore it would become chayven arla. And therefore, once you chayven arla, then you take a pata from going for war. And that's the case of the Mishnah. This none. Olamayalem, chayv barla, when you decide to eat. Okay, so my wait a second. That's a very nice answer. That you did our cover of two things together, and the bottom one was was not chayv barla because it wasn't planted for food. The top one was. So my look, I have a better answer. What about a case where Ruvain owns a tree? Shimon comes along now and does our cover of his branch of the Ruvain's tree. So Ruvain was putted from going to war because he had a tree. Shimon didn't have a tree. His tree was dying. He cut off a branch from it, and he took his tree, and he attached it to Reuven's, his branch, and he attached it to Reuven's tree. So that's the halach in the Mishnah, that both Reuven and Shimon are now potter from going to war. Reuven, because he had a trunk, a full tree, and Shimon, because he attached to his branch. That's a very good answer. Why didn't the Gemara say that? The Lukma... Each one goes for his part. Papa must be Zotomeret, Kerem Shoshne Shutfun, Ainer Khazla Mahur Melchamo. If you have something that's shared, it's not completely yours, you do not get a patur. So my wife. 
We had in the Mishnah. Mishnah, it said in the Mishnah, if you have five brothers, and one of them who was married without children dies in the war, even though only one of them is going to do Yibam. But right now, when they're all Shemeris Yavim, any one of them could do Yibam, they all get a Petur from war. So why? It's like Shutfin. should be no different than Shutfin. Right now, each one is Ishtai. Yes, eventually later on, only one will do Yibam. But right now, they're all called Shemeris Yavim. All the halachas will intimate sect of applied to all five of them. This is never kamre. This is always going to be shared. This woman right now is quasi-shared. Eventually she will not be shared, of course. But for the kerem, it's always going to be shared. Therefore, kerem is not karmoi, and therefore it's never going to be putter if you have a shutfah. So that would not have been a good answer. That's why the Gemara didn't say it. But the Gemara has two more answers. We're talking about where you did, it says mavrich, it probably should be markiv. But when you're talking, or, or maybe not, I'm not sure. When you're, when you're attaching a tree branch or part of a tree to a vegetable. So now if you attach it to a vegetable, so then in that situation, you're not going to be putter. Because planting vegetables are not considered fruit trees. You're not going to be go from war. You don't go back from war if you planted peppers. right? You only go from war if you plant a tree of some sort, but not peppers. And therefore, if you attach a branch to a pepper or run a tree into a pepper plant, that's a situation where you would be putter because of the tree. But you have another problem over here. The problem over here is that you, maybe that's claim. And if it's kilayim, then you're back to a whole other problem over here. What's the mission telling me? The high tanu, the sanim maverich ilam b'yerik, v'shingam liyol amimatir. V'shingam liyol says that is totally mutter. That is not a problem at all. And therefore, it's not going to be an iser. Mishum yehudim and gishkam do ishkfar aku. They say v'cham oizim. They say taka would be aser. But on the tzad, that at least you say it's mutter. To be maverich ilam b'yerik. So then it would be our kavas heter. Our kavas heter would make you putter from going to war. That's teretz number two. The Bryce that it said Mavrich and Markiv are not putter from war, that's a Blazim and Yaakov. Who's a Blazim and Yaakov? Rebbe Lezim Yaakov says that the word bias was literal, only a living house. Karim is literal, only a Karim. So if he's taking the Psukim literally, so Hakanami not took him a Shmo, so just like he takes the word bias and karam literally, he'll take the word nata literally. And therefore by nata, he would say only if you actually plant it. Not if you're markiv or markiv or any of these other things. It's not clear if Lezim and Yaakov would argue also on the shot of buying or getting Yerusha, because that we learned from another drasha. It's not 100% clear. But at least <coughs> on this point, Lezim and Yaakov would, would argue and he would hold different than our Mishnah that it's only if you plant a new tree, not if you're doing things to grafting or running or anything like that. While we're talking about these halachas of Arla and mixing different trees, the Mar brings a few mamarim over here. Kiyasar of Dimi Aram Bechanan, Mishum of Lezim and Yaakov, also from Lezim and Yaakov. Yalda Pchusamitefach. Let's say you have a tree. It's one of these like bonsai trees, a tiny little tree, very small tree. Chayavis Barla. Now, a tree that gives fruit. Normally, after the first three years, Arla's over. And now the fourth year, it's just, uh, it's, it's not the Revai or Kam Revai, and you move on. It says, what if it's a very small tree and it looks like it's only a year or two old? Forever. Just, you know, a dwarf tree of some sort. So, Forever, you're also to eat the fruits of this. Of course. The Because it looks like an Arla tree. And people see you taking from it will think you're eating Arla. 
That's only if you only have just a small amount of it, five trees. Of a kule kerem kalisle, if the whole, give the whole kerem of these dwarf trees, then everybody knows that these are dwarf trees, that's fine. Why do you need to have five of them? So Rashi says, normally we paskin, Arla uh, applies even on a single tree. But there is a sheet in the Gemara and Brachas that says it's not Arla, it's, it's only by kerem. But we have, instead of net ravai, the Gemara calls it their kerem ravai, to make a kerem, you have to have five trees. So this price, when it says the five, is going on that sheet. But normally we don't pass it like that, we pass it even by a single tree. But this is a new halacha, that if it's, if it's only a small configuration of these, where chayshish, people are going to think that this is arla, even though it's not. Another halacha. Kiyosir Evdimi, Amar Abiyechem Hashem Elaz Ben Yaakov. Another halacha, not kashrut to this at all. Meis teifes arba amis l'kriyashva. If so, we know uh, uh, someone who's a mace, when you go, we know when you go into a basic forest, you're supposed to tuck your tzitzis in. You're supposed to tuck your tzitzis in because it's called layig larash. The, the mason over there see that you're doing mitzvahs and you can't. How close? Four amas. If you win four amas of the mace, you're not supposed to say kriyashma, you're not supposed to say if you're filling out. They say layig larash. If you make fun of a poor person, it's a negative thing. And therefore, you, if, you're, if you're outside four amas from the mace, you can wear your tzitzis out, you can, you can say kriyashma if you need to. But if you were in four amas, that's what the Chazal said, that's called layig larash. What if you have a couple who were married and the husband has, has sons and the wife has daughters from other marriages and then they get married. So now you have this big step family, right? This big Brady Brunch family over here. Are the children allowed to marry each other? The children are not related to each other halakhically at all. Their parents are married, but they're not related at all. They're not half so they're steps. So chagrosa ha'gidele ben achen asurli nasil achen. He says, It looks like you're marrying a sister. This, in this case, we do not pass. Everybody knows. Apparently, I think I remember hearing that Chafetz Chaim married a stepsister of his. He was also raised, his father got remarried or something, and he had married a stepsister. Hello, so, Kolomais. Yeah. Good. That happens. So again, we pass in it's mutter. We know all the matnas aniim, all these things, you do not take miser from. Right? They are putter from miser by definition. But if you have lekat shikopeya, it should be, normally lekat shikopeya, you go into the fields, you pick up a few little things, and you take them home. What if you end up with a lot of stuff, and you pile it up, and it looks like a pile? Well, it looks like a pile, now it looks like, not lekat shikopeya, it looks like a real grain, and therefore it looks like it should be chayev in, in chumas and maizers, hook full of maizer, and then, but however, it's only if you pile it up in the field, so people think that it grew in the field, and therefore it's regular, regular crops, and it's chayef. Although the ear, if you just brought it back a little bit at a time, and you piled it up in your house, then everybody knows that it's like a peya, and you don't have to worry about chumas and maizers. Another halach. Yalda apchusa mitefach. So normally the halacha is, we have a halacha called Klai Makerem. You don't want to mix two types of crops together. But if it's a very small plant, less than a tefach tall, it's not a problem of Klai Makerem. It's not Choshev at all. That's only if you only have a few of them there, and they're very small, it's not a Klai Makerem issue. Of a Kulai Kerem, if the whole thing is filled with these things, then it's already considered a Dover Choshev, and even if they're smaller than tefach, it's going to be Makerem. So let's just finish to the top to finish these series of halachas. One more. And this is a very important halacha. We know there's a halacha called Tumas Mace. If you touch a mace, if you go in oil a mace, but we're also all familiar with halacha. If you're in Dalit Ames from a mace, we consider you Tumay. That is not halacha Daraisa. That is halacha Midrabonan. Midrabonan, if you're not 
touching the mace, if you're not oil on the mace, but you're within dalit amis of the mace, then you're also going to be tummy midra bona. Where does Allah come from? We have a mission of Masakhtas Babasu. The Midrash of Masakhtas Babasu is talking about when you have kvarim, they were underground, these kind of caves. And they used to have, uh, we, we've talked about this before, they used to dig like a kuch into the ground, like in a cave, and out of the cave, they had these d- d- different uh, places to bury bodies, depending how big the cave was, whether you had eight or six, different configurations, how many of these kuchen, these little these little niches you made to bury the bodies in. So normally when they built it, they had not just one of these at a time, they would build three or four of them, and there was a chutzer in the middle, underground. You can see them right here around Beit Shemesh, if you hike around, you can see them. You crawl down into a hole, and in the hole you have like a little chutzer, and then from one hole you have three or four different caves in each direction. If you go into each cave, you see four, five, six different burial spots. So what's the halacha of that center location, that chutzer? So the mission over the Bryce over there says, chutzer akever, if you stand, even if there's bodies in all the little ma'arois, but if you're standing in the center chutzer, your Torah, that's only if the chutzer is four amas by four amas, it's considered a separate location. If it's considered a separate location, there's no mace under you, there's no mace next to you, it's in a different room, you're totally torn. Basil says, even if it's only Arbatvachim wide, it's considered a separate location and you're torn. Says the price, that's only if you, how do you get to this chutzr? Do you climb down into it? It's underground. Do you climb down on a ladder or is there like steps? So if it's Pischalamai, it's, it's from the top you're climbing down. Of a Pischalamai, it's some sort of steps that go towards it. Diviyakola Arba Amas, four Amas. That detail makes no sense. Adraba, Minatsad, Midevernofik. When from the side, you can avoid the other Kfarim. Milamai, if you're climbing down for like through a ladder, EF should be mild. You're for sure going to be mild somewhere on the other caves that have dead bodies in it. Ellis is the mother of that's where we argue four amas or four tvachim, if you're going from the side. Of a pixel if you're going from the top, Arbamis, you need to have a dechatzer itself to be considered tar, has to be very wide, so that we don't worry about you being mile on any of the other things. But Lamaisa, says the Gemara, this whole halacha that we're saying that you could be in this chatzar akever, whether it's four tvachim or four amas, and be tar, is because the, the dead bodies are not where the chatzar is. The dead bodies are in the kuchin that are in the caves. But if it was just an open area with dead bodies around you, of a mace be alma, and you were that close to the mace, toughest than an you would be tame. So it's an interesting halacha. So you're actually, when you go into this cave, into this chutzer area, you're within four hamas of a mace. But because the mace is considered in a different room, you're tar. But if it wasn't in a different room, it was just an open shetach, and you're within four hamas of the mace, then at least with the we consider you tar, and that's the halacha that we're bringing here from Rebbe Lezim and Yaakov. Okay, okay.